Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Christine and Samana. Happy birthday to you. Yay! Thank you. <laughs>
always I'm always outside and the water always breaks and someone always yeah. sees it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was home. So it was I was going to bed too late. So this is something I'm going to try to learn from. I'm going to go to bed early. Like I should start now just every night go to bed early because I was watching Netflix mm. way too long. And then my husband hadn't been on a dinner or something. So he just came home and we were going to bed finally, like mm -hmm. too late. And then, of course, I was going to the bathroom again. Like you do when you're pregnant, you have to go so many times. And then I was like, just one more time. And then and on the way back from the bathroom, I just noticed, oh, a lot of water came out. And like took me a few seconds to realize and then I understood okay this is mm. the water and then we we phoned in because you're supposed to phone in as soon as the water yeah. breaks and I spoke to the woman on the labor ward and and she said that because I was quite annoyed she was asking me all kinds of yeah. questions and she was like okay if you're this annoyed maybe you should just come in and then we, we went in but it was too early <laughs> so she, she they gave us the choice that we could walk around in the hall in the hospital yeah. but it was in the middle of the night so nothing was mm. open it was like we we took a taxi home and then I tried to go mm. to sleep but then I started bleeding and then I called in again and they were like you have to come yeah. back then if you start bleeding then you have to come straight in so I went back I went to this one room where I was monitored for a while they monitored like how big the opening was and the baby's heartbeat and my contractions mm. and then when I was ready they they took me into the birth room or the delivery room mm. I mean and then I did the actual delivery but it's really hard when when the contractions become strong you really want to push you have the urge yeah. to push and they're like no you have to wait and I couldn't like I started pushing mm. too early and then I was pushing for for over two hours oh wow so it was a little bit too long but um and i couldn't move around like i wanted to because they were all they were always like measuring yeah. monitoring the baby's heartbeat and in certain positions it went down so they were like no you have to turn this way you have to turn this way and then in the end they had to do to help me with the forceps yeah so and then you push as they use the forceps so you kind of do it yeah. together with a little help that makes it easier so then it came out and everything was fine so it was good uh, so I hope this time will go even more smoothly I mean all the doctors are saying since you did a normal birth the first time with no I didn't have any epidural mm -hmm. so it will probably be similar but maybe a little bit mm. easier but you never know do you you can never no you can it. never and I was actually because my first birth was like with the oldest it was only four hours from the water broke till it was out which was super fast that's super fast yeah it is and, and and there was even a little bit complications in the end in the push contractions because he was like he apparently had an arm around his head or something so when the push contraction I was like pushing mm. and pushing and then I managed to say like hey my um it hurts in my groin um and they're just like oh okay something, something is up let's get the birth doctor and then they put this you know little suction thingy on his head and helped to just get him through there like the, the threshold because it was really he was stuck a bit uh but still i mean mm. so the water broke with my first one so that was also why yeah it went pretty fast uh so therefore of course with the second one i was like yeah this is gonna go smooth <laughs> and i you know i i also didn't take anything i didn't need any anesthetics or anything like that. and so yeah. with the second one so when when the labor started i was like it the water didn't break and it was very late in the evening so that that was actually, it took altogether 12 hours until it was out, which is also very short, you know, considering, I mean, some women are for days in labor, but so that was also pretty short, but I was super exhausted, like, because I was so tired. And I remember in between the push contractions, I was like, oh my God, can I just sleep? Like, and I think I did sleep, even if it was only for a few seconds, I was way gone. And then I, I 
at one moment, I was even thinking, I was so exhausted. I was, I thought for myself, I'm just like, I, you know, I'm just going to opt out of this situation. I'm just going to leave the midwife and my husband here in this room. And I'm just going to go to another room and, and sleep through the night. And then I will be back. I'm doing this right now. <laughs> oh, my God. So actually, in the end, the midwife, she took she broke the water for me, which was horrible because putting her hand like far up, I don't even know what happened. But then when the water broke, the push contractions really, you know, got a hold and it, it started to go faster. And then and then it was pretty fast until it was out. But that was, the, the yeah, the second birth for me was, um, I was extremely exhausted. Uh, the biggest surprise for me with the breath was that I was thinking as well when I was lying there and pushing and they were like, push, push harder. And I'm like, I'm, push, I'm pushing all that I can. I'm wow, this is so incredibly yeah. hard to push this hard. And I was doing it for two hours. I don't have anything more. To, and I always look at myself as a strong yeah. person, but I just had no more strength. No, and that's the thing also in, in, the, in the labor. I mean, the body takes over, right, with the contractions and the push contractions. So, I mean, there's just so much you can do sort of consciously through your own sort of muscular strength. But then the rest is just the body really taking over, you know. Yeah, but that's how I felt in the beginning when they were telling me not yeah. to push. That's when I felt like my body is just taking over. I have to push. I have no, I, I couldn't. Like I wanted to listen to them, but I, there was no way. I just had to push. And I think I started to push too early. So then I, I used some of my strength on that. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's important to listen to them, but I felt like I didn't have a choice. Like it was my body who did mm. the pushing. And I also, I was screaming a lot <laughs> and then, this doctor came in and, and told me not to scream as much. <laughs> That's okay. He said like, uh, yeah, you're probably going to hate me for saying this, but it's actually no point in screaming. It's better that you don't scream and you use your strength on pushing. And then I did what he said. Yeah. I was like, I didn't scream. I just tried to use that mm -hmm. force to push. And he was right. Actually. Yeah, that, is, that so. is correct. It's kind of hard though when you're in the middle of it. Yeah, because it hurts. <laughs> you so. hit him in the face. Like, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> you want to do this? I think you're going to be all good with this second one. You're all well prepared and you're so strong and you know kind of the process of how it goes and, uh, you know, you're well taken care of. I'm looking forward to seeing the baby and seeing how the face looks when they come out in the beginning. I, I remember that we thought that our son was like the most beautiful thing we've yeah. ever seen. But then when I look back into pictures, of wow, he looks really <laughs> funny. Because they do look a bit funny in the very beginning. And then they kind of, in the next, I don't know if it's the next few yeah. days or it looks it looks better and better every hour, actually. Well, I mean, the first, like, first, the, their skull is still very soft, right? From, you know, being come out. Mm. So it's like being all squished. And they heal so fast because he had a um, scratch, big scratch on his forehead because he was taken with mm. forceps. And then... And we were like, oh, and, and it was, that was like, it looked like a deep scratch, you know, in the middle of his mm. forehead or on the side of his forehead. And that just healed. Like it was, it looked like a science fiction movie, the way it healed so fast, mm. you know, because the next day it was almost wow. gone. And now as you can see it. So that's incredible. Wow. Well, they are pretty incredible, these little. You might actually meet the baby. I know. And I can't wait. And I hope. So do you want to hear some incredible birth stories? Totally. Bring it. 
by the way, changed my name on my website to ourbirthstories.com. So now it's focused mostly on birth stories. So I welcome anyone who wants to share their birth story. Just send it to me, Facebook or Instagram or wherever. Just send a message and then we'll work something out because I really want to hear from you. And I've looked at some of the most, more maybe more extreme ones. And uh, This is from Baby Gaga. A woman called Amber in her 39th week, just days before her due date, she was doing the Chicago Marathon. Crazy lady. <laughs> that sounds crazy. She, her plan was to run the half, the first half, mm. and then quit, which is bad enough. She had signed up for the race long before she learned she was pregnant, and she was like an active runner. So instead of quitting, she and her husband walked the second half of the race, and then she felt the contractions coming. It took six and a half hours to complete the race, and she and her husband, they went to get food. And then they went to the hospital where she delivered her daughter. And she didn't understand people's wonder at her having completed the race since she has been running both before and during her mm. pregnancy. This is when I feel really lazy when I read yeah. this. <laughs> you know, every woman knows for herself what feels best. So, um, but I'm, I agree with you. I, I would not do that. No, 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 no. And there's another story from The Bump, which is another mm. great site. <clears throat> it's a hurricane baby. Mm. There was a hurricane called Irma, who was in mm. Miami. Uh, a local woman went into labor and had to deliver the baby at home by herself. That's intense. Yeah, she had to deliver the baby at home by herself with the Miami Fire Department coaching her over the phone. And the baby's middle name was Storm. What? I love it. And then you have... This story from the Huffington Post, which we also love, is Katie, she went, she made it to the hospital as she was starting to go into labor. And then the nurses, her husband and other few family members went into the elevator and she was like in a wheelchair. And then they were going up to the 14th floor, but the elevator got stuck in the 12th floor. And then a few of her family members and her husband and one of the nurses got out of the elevator. And then the doors closed and it was jammed. So it was like stuck there. So she had her baby there in the lift. The, the two nurses and a midwife were still in the elevator. Elevator baby was like a birth, separate birth room, tiny birth room in the elevator. And then you have recently this model called Slick Wits. That can't be a real name. <laughs> I doubt it. Slick Woods. She stole the show at Rihanna's Savage X Fenty fashion show. Rihanna's got this new fashion mm. line where she strutted across the runway sporting a very pregnant baby bump. And if that wasn't already impressive enough, she then went into labor backstage. Oh, wow. Yeah. So she was like 39 weeks pregnant. Oh, so. That is incredible. Yeah, and the worst one, or best one, is a woman who gave, this is from the BBC, a woman gave birth in a mango tree while escaping floods in central Mozambique caused by a cyclone. Ida. What? Oh mm -hmm. my God. Single mother, Amelia, delivered her daughter, Sarah, whilst cl clinging to the branches with her two-year-old son. The family was rescued two days later by neighbors following storms that have killed more than 700 people. 
And she said, I was at home with my two-year-old son when suddenly, without warning, the water began to enter the house. She said, I had no choice but to climb a tree. I was alone with my son. And then at the end, she said, a lot of people lost everything in the floods, but I gained something. But I can't imagine giving birth in a tree with a two-year-old. No, of course not. It's it's almost unimaginable. But then on the other hand, it's like, you know, we're like any other animal in that sense, you know, we just want to survive. So it's like a most crazy survival situation. What are you going to do, you know? Like we said before with, with giving birth and there was just the body just takes over. You know? When the baby comes, the baby comes. Yeah, I also read a lot of stories about women who did it themselves for some reason like either they chose it because they didn't want to be in the hospital or they did it because they didn't have time suddenly the baby is coming and they're alone in the bathroom a lot of the times yeah and and they just take the baby with their own arms and, and then they cut the cord somehow it's probably what happened way back in the woods <laughs> But I'm also thinking people were more like living in groups back then. So there would have been other people yeah. helping. But I see some nice trends nowadays. I mean, I, I had both our children in the hospital and I had a very good experience of, of being in a hospital because I didn't feel like, you know, no one was pushing medication on me or it felt all very good. I, we could, I think we put music in the rooms every time and we could dim the lights and it was just really nice. But um, I know that that's very different from hospital to hospital and everyone has their own different experience. I do know especially from from Holland you know it's they, they do really encourage women to give birth at home uh, a lot of people choose to have this doulas kind of guide them through the whole pregnancy and are there for them while they're giving birth so it is much more sort of focused on the woman's experience to create as a sacred ritual and yeah a little bit you know what to say back to the woods in that sense so it's both the fact of having someone with the with medical expertise that are there but then you know you give birth in your in the comfort of your own home or wherever you choose and not in the hospital but why do they encourage why do they encourage people to do who encourages i'm going to be all cynical about it, is that uh i'm pretty sure it's like a, a financial uh motive behind this you know lack of resources in a hospital so if there is nothing that says that there's going to be a, an at risk birth or anything like this complications they do encourage uh, women to give birth at home and um, yes like you said you know when the water broke you know you're also even though you've flown into the hospital they encourage you to just stay home as long as possible in the comfort of your own home because they don't have room for you in the hospital basically you know you're more comfortable at home but there's also no room there's no one there to follow you up or anything for most people unless you live far out on an island somewhere or in districts here in the northern norway you will easily come to the hospital if needed during labor right the last time i was pregnant i went to this antenatal class and they encouraged they tried to sell in the birth center pretty hard like they because they have a birth center in the hospital which is like on one side of the floor it's just it's not far from the actual labor ward but it's on a different floor i think and then there they don't have any doctors yeah. in there it's just nurses and midwives and not that many people are, are there so it's of course cheaper and they have some equipment in the room but it's everything is hidden and it's like more like a mm. calm atmosphere you know with the birthing pools and candlelights and nice colors and I wanted to give birth there but I couldn't because I have 
low blood platelets and I have yeah. that's what I had the last time and I have it this time so I can't if you're gonna go in there there has to be like no risk I thought afterwards I thought about it and I was like this does, really doesn't matter to me because I wouldn't have been able everything went so fast and I had, had so much pain I wouldn't have been able to 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 <laughs> care if the room looks nice or if the, there's candles in there it doesn't help candles and music and and all sorts of weird things that says also i've been reading like what to put in the birth bag like and some people are like yeah put make sure to bring a book or netflix <laughs> ipad with your favorite shows i'm like what, what? <laughs> when am i gonna have snacks and and sit there and, and watch yeah. netflix it's for me that's very far from anything I could have done during that time. I was quite busy with uh, having the contractions and pushing the baby out. But I mean, I think it's different for every birth because some, if it goes slower and if you have, of course, if you have epidural, it's different because then you can relax more. And then you maybe you have to wait. But I, I just, I didn't have time to eat or anything. No. Oh my God. I love you for saying this. And because at one point, I mean, when, when you are in your contractions, the first ones just for, for the opening, you know, then it's, you start, you kind of enter this sort of sphere where everything around you just disappears. I do remember that because when I then entered push contract, I felt like I couldn't see anyone. I was, I just felt like the midwife, she came really close to my face. Sometimes everything's going fantastic. And I was like, what? Where am I? I was just in my own little bubble, you know? It's the same with me. Like I couldn't, I could like, my husband was, I think more stressed than me because he got all the information about the baby's heartbeat and everything. He got all that very clear because he was paying attention to everything. I wasn't paying attention because I had enough with my own body so and i agree you know we also brought these snacks and like drinks i was i also remember i was just annoyed me too they were always telling me to go to the bathroom like you have to go to the bathroom I'm like no i don't want to go to the bathroom again like it was such a pain for me to go to the bathroom so because i think yeah. after the birth you do need snacks i i remember they gave me some some toast and honey which was like mm. the best i've ever tasted because then i hadn't eaten for like 20 hours or something <laughs> But uh, after that as well, you, you get like into a new room and you have to stay there for uh, many hours. So then it, it's nice to have maybe some snacks. Otherwise, you can send your husband out to buy stuff. Oh, yeah, I did that. My husband went out and, and bought sushi for me because I hadn't had sushi for the whole pregnancy. And I was dying to have sushi. So he, he went out and got me sushi. That was lovely. Oh, it's so nice. Yeah. What is super exciting is that I love hearing all these birth stories and it's fun to share also, but I look so much forward to hear yours upcoming one. I asked if I could record during the birth and, and they were like, yeah, you just have to ask whoever's working. Yeah. They can't really tell me because you have to ask whoever's working on that day or that night and, and they obviously don't know who that's going to be. So I might just bring the microphone or, you know, depending on how it goes, we'll see. Otherwise, I can use my phone and then we can maybe use some of the recordings in, in, in the podcast so you can kind of get the drift. We'll see how it goes. Like a true journalist you are, recording, documenting. Yes. Actual experience. Yes. That is so cool. Yes. I really want to make a documentary. When, when I start feeling ready to, to make a, start working again, I really want to make like a small documentary film. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Well. I look forward to hear more about mm -hmm. that. So hopefully we'll, we have time to record another podcast before. Yes. I'll try to keep the baby. I'll try yeah. not to do anything too crazy so the baby comes too early. Don't go run any marathons. Like No chance. 
don't no i walk to the nursery every day and it's like a steep hill walking up upwards mm-hmm. with with the stroller and that's enough for me till next Til time next time toodles toodles